Welcome to Future Stories, a podcast from thejournal.ie. We're partnering with Volkswagen, a leader in automotive technology trends, to look to the future one topic at a time. Throughout the series, we're exploring everything from mealtimes to housing to your weekly supermarket shop and speaking to innovators and changemakers. This time on Future Stories, we're looking at the future of spending money. So I'll be looking at the popularity of implanted chips as a payment method, VR and AR shopping, and a future with a digital euro. Just as the internet revolutionized the way that we communicate, technology is radically challenging the way money could work. And leading this race into the future is Sweden, as its central bank moves to make it a fully cashless country. More than 4,000 Swedes have implanted microchips in their hands, allowing them to pay for things like transport and food on the fly. And many retailers there now refuse to accept paper money. And part of the reason for this is because their central bank has imposed negative interest rates on cash, which means it now costs people to make cash deposits and store this physical money in the bank. So in order to adapt to this increasingly cashless society, their central bank is experimenting with the e-krona, which is a new state-issued digital currency. And now the IMF are proposing that we do the same with the euro. I want to get a a personal remark from you on the IMF proposal to bring negative interest rates to cash. You have an idea or an opinion on that. That's someone questioning the chief economist for the European Central Bank. What the IMF are proposing is a dual currency system where the euro is split into two separate currencies, cash and electronic money. And their economist, who happens to be an Irishman, is being asked about this future scenario as it would help alleviate any future recessions by allowing the ECB set controls on the value of the euro. This issue about what's going to be the role of cash in the future, uh, where physical cash becomes less, and more and more of money is held in electronic forms, it will be technically possible to to impose negative interest rates or tax on uh, cash equivalents. So so that that is true. I mean, I think uh, many people... Uh, will say this is going to be uh, part of the future. How relevant it is for the near term, I'm not so sure, uh, because the, it's not the case that cash is disappearing very quickly. Um, so let's see about that, but I would view that as kind of, um, it's not for the immediate term. Half of us in Ireland still use cash payments, whereas in Sweden, less than 2% of people do. But forecasters think that we could go the same way as Sweden and be cashless within a decade. And it's kind of already happening. They're doing what they now call invisible banking. Uh, that's, that's kind of a new term that's come around in the industry in the last couple of years. That's Bruce Burke, founder of the Pay Symposium, an event that looks at the future of payments. And he's explaining how we use invisible banking in our everyday lives. Like, for instance, when we take an Uber. What we did before was banking, writing out that check. So what we're doing when we're stepping in and out of a car is also writing a check. Mm. It's making a payment. So it's the same thing, but it's different. And you'll you'll start to see that more and more in self-service uh, grocery stores, the Amazon Go stores that they're establishing. Essentially, you'll be identified as you walk in. 
and you'll be identified as you walk out with whatever goods you have on your person. And we may not even have to walk in and out of a store, as Bruce tells me that virtual reality shopping is likely to take off in the next 10 years. The exhibition is going to be all about AR and VR demonstrations. It's going to be all about, you know, uh, uh, being able to go to a virtual shopping mall and, you know, walk through a virtual shopping mall and buy items. But for those of us who like to touch and see our products, it's likely that augmented reality shopping will become the norm, meaning we'll never have to queue again. So you can essentially put on an AR, VR headset and walk a mall or walk the Amazon warehouse that's close by you and pick out your items and pay for them with a wink of your eye or something else. Although paying by the wink of an eye sounds like something out of a science fiction movie, this is exactly how refugees are currently paying for items. Since around 2016, millions of mostly Syrian refugees have had their eyeballs registered with the UN. And now they can seamlessly shop and access cash by having their irises scanned in stores and at ATMs, in what is called biometric and blockchain banking. When they get to the checkout, they simply blink. Blockchain technology ensures that you're the only person that's receiving that food. That's Reuben Godfrey, founder of the Blockchain Association of Ireland. So for the refugee camp example, it's the classic sort of double spend. So I have credit, you verify by my iris that I have food credit. And once I've used up my credits, I can't use them again. And nobody else can use my credit. So it's credits that are tied entirely to my, my identity. So again, it comes back to the very simple problem that, that Bitcoin fixes, which is the double spend. Of course, we can't talk about the future of money without talking about cryptocurrencies. And suffice to say that all cryptocurrencies have this underlying blockchain technology that Ruben just described. In Ireland, one in 10 of us have bought cryptos. And Bruce tells me that they are becoming useful as a vehicle for switching between currencies and making cross-border purchases. And he thinks that Samsung have just made a move that will solidify their use mainstream. Just the fact that Samsung thought enough about cryptocurrency to build it into their phone. Now, you gotta remember they're a Korean company and that's the culture of Korea. But if it's big enough in Korea to put it into a phone, what does that say about how Koreans are using their currency now? And just like near-field communication chips became the norm in phones, allowing us to pay by phone at checkouts, so could cryptocurrencies. Maybe this is the start of the big push for cryptocurrency in the mobile device and you know, then it will be the de facto standard, just like NFC and wireless charging is now that didn't exist in the phones, you know, five mm-hmm. years ago. And as we're on the topic of chips, I asked Bruce, how mainstream could implanted chips as a method of payment be? It, it's nothing more than piercing an ear, you know, and just putting a little tiny uh, radio transmitter essentially under your skin and 
then you're just, you know, putting the back of your hand against the terminal when, you know, uh, it's pain. If you're in that kind of environment where you're transient and you're commuting back and forth to work and you're authenticating yourself at turnstiles, at office doors, at taxis, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the day, if you're in that kind of mode, it's perfect. You know, it's a per- perfect for that person. Uh, if that's not your cup of tea, it's probably not going to be of much use to you. So what exactly is driving this change to a cashless society where we're paying through implants and other non-checkout methods? It's economic factors, it's uh, social pressures, and it's a different kind of a mindset, you know. That's Bruce talking about the Generation Z, as in the people who grew up with iPhones in their hands. With house prices at record highs and non-fixed workplaces, this generation have become nomadic in their lifestyles. The new population, they don't buy houses anymore. Uh, Although a lot of them are incredibly successful, they live kind of out of a backpack. They uh, don't buy cars anymore. They take Uber or other services and they travel a lot and what they are spending their money on is travel and experience and seeing the world and learning and doing and, and being out there rather than, you know, uh, heading into the cubicle every day and then rushing back to the other cubicle at night, you know, the larger cubicle you live in, you know. So travel, experience, those kinds of things are growing, but the traditional industries of homes, cars, you know, jobs cubicles, you know, big office buildings are shrinking. And that's eventually going to affect culture and society and everything else. And it's going to result in a new kind of nomadic culture. And as this nomadic culture increases, it's likely we'll go beyond non-checkout shopping and just let our products order themselves. You can essentially uh, buy a small piece of hardware that you could implant in almost anything and that device could then report back all kinds of information you know uh pill bottles that tell you when you're running out of uh, medication that process that bruce just described is exactly what amazon are offering with their newly launched replenishment services program a service which lets any product that is connected to the internet automatically order from amazon when supplies are running low So, for example, your printer can now order ink when it's running low. Or in Bruce's example, your pill bottle could somewhat refill itself. And as this trend of invisible payments becomes king and spending goes digital in general, it's likely that we'll see a future scenario where banking and shopping have been transformed from a process where we enter a building into an almost invisible process. That is perhaps nothing more than the wave of a hand or the wink of an eye, if even that. Subscribe to Future Stories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts for updates on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Future Stories is brought to you by thejournal.ie in partnership with Volkswagen, who are the forefront of automotive technology trends including autonomous driving, in-car connectivity and electric mobility.